Hi, my name's Grant Fishbook, and I am honored to be the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for choosing to access this online content today. We really hope you'll enjoy this message. One of our values here at Christ the King is biblical face-to-face -face community. And so while we are so excited that you joined us today online, I really want to encourage you. Make sure that this is never a replacement for face-to-face -face biblical community. Your story matters, you matter, and we want to see you get connected in a local church. Now, if you're here in our area, we would love to have you join us at any one of our five campuses. But if you find yourself outside of the Bellingham area, we really want you to get connected into a local church. So we hope and pray that that happens for you very, very soon. Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all of you ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals and cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on the earth, young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. For he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all of his saints, of Israel, the people that are close to his heart. For his sake, praise the Lord. 
forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we welcome you into this moment of praise today. Would you be center stage, the focus of all of our attention? And as the galaxies sing your praise, may we join in that mighty chorus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Grab a seat. So if I haven't met you before, I'd like to welcome you to our early service today. Welcome to 930. Uh, my name is Grant, one of the teaching pastors here. And if you happen to be arriving here for your first weekend, you're actually at the end of a seven-week series. We're going to put a, an exclamation point at the end of a sentence that we've been working on for the last seven weeks. Next week, we're going to turn the page. Um, if you have been around for any length of time at Christ the King, my heart is for people who don't know Jesus. I want, I want to talk about Jesus as much as we possibly can. And starting next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Friend of Sinners. We're going to look at some beautiful interactions between Jesus and broken people and find out how God loves to just put the pieces back together again. So next week, we're going to do something a little different. Um, we're going to flip the service over. So I'm warning you on the front end. If you show up when you normally do, which is five minutes late... Um, Except for those of you that are on time, I apologize, okay? But for most people that walk in five minutes late, you walk in next week during that time, I'm going to be preaching already. We're going to flip the service over. One song, preaching, and then we're going to baptize. It's going to be a beautiful expression, hopefully, of God's uh, unity and community here. And so I'm just telling you on the front end, set a reminder. Do something crazy, like out of the box. Come on time. That would be crazy, right? <laughs> Just show up, you know, at 9.30, you guys are pretty good. 11.15, they're like, they're, it's a train wreck, you know, 11.30, like, here they come, they're showing up, <laughs> you know, so I just want to invite you to come because we're going to do something different as we start that brand new series called Friend of Sinners, super excited about, about getting back to really just talking specifically about Jesus and the narrative. So as we bring this series in for a landing this week, now I want to show you a picture so let's say that uh, uh, Laurel and I invited you over to our place for dinner. You walked in, and on the table was this, okay? I'm sure some of you would immediately think, wow, with that kind of a table setting, this is going to be an incredible meal, okay? Just so you know, that'll never happen, all right? <laughs> Paper plates and cups, that's how it works at our house. But if you showed up and, and that table setting was in front of you, that's a formal table setting. If you ever went to dinner with the Queen of England or, or, or the head of state from France and you walked into a formal dinner, that's what would be waiting in front of you. 30 plus pieces of silverware and glassware. And, and I don't know about you, but I look at that and I think about food for about seven and a half seconds. And then I start asking questions. Okay, what in the world do I do with all this stuff? I mean, where, where do I start? I mean, I don't even know what some of these tools and instruments are supposed to accomplish, right? How this goes with food, I have no idea. And I know someone told me a rule once, right? You start at the outside and work your way towards the middle. I'm just like, but what do you do with all this stuff up top, right? I mean, it's just like, I don't know which fork to grab a hold of, what to do. And before I know it, the last thing I'm thinking about is food because I'm just distracted by all of the stuff that's surrounding what's going to end up on the plate every week as a church. We do our best to try and serve up a meal of worship and spiritual food. We know we can't give you enough to fulfill your appetite for an entire week. That's why it's so unbelievably important. You've got to learn to feed yourself. You've got to learn to feed yourself. Otherwise, you're going to starve. 
Like we might be able to get you through Wednesday afternoon, but you're going to starve if you don't learn. That's why we do classes and all of these other part of it. But every week we just try to serve up this meal. And here's the problem. For some of us, we just get so distracted thinking about everything else that's going on in the room, we miss out on the meal that's right in front of us on the plate. Little distracting things like the question in the back of your brain. How loud is the band? Just for the record, it's 90 decibels, which is well within the OSHA guidelines to protect your hearing, just so you know, okay? Okay? We actually pay attention to that kind of stuff. And I know some of you are just like, I'm not buying it, but I'm going to tell you something. If you want a great audio experience, come sit, sit down here in, in, in the center of the room, not out on the edges. I don't know if you know this or not. This room was not built for church. It was built as a store. You were supposed to come buy a blender and leave. That's what was supposed to happen. Not come hang out and sing for 30 minutes, okay? That stuff can just become distracting. Distractions like, why didn't Grant and Andy pick my favorite song today? And I wanted to sing my, I wanted to sing Raise a Hallelujah. That's my song, right? Sing it every week, Grant. Can we agree that as we've learned on this journey, worship is very personal. It's very subjective. Can we agree that with this many people spread over three services, six different campuses, it's impossible for us to do exactly what you want every single week. It's just not possible. Several years ago, when I was the worship pastor here, some of you remember that. Please forgive me for my mullet. It was a bad season. Okay, anyway, um, some of you still have flashbacks. I'm like, come on, church, let's go. Woo, woo, woo. It was, yeah, anyway. We did a, a, a service and we sang an old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. One of my favorites. Loved it. Did the same service. I saved the two emails that I got after the service. Email number one, dear Pastor Grant, thank you so much for singing an old hymn. I love Come Thou Fount, and we should sing those songs more often. I'm so tired of this new stuff, and I hope you finally figured out that this was true worship for a change. (laughs) Same service, different email. Dear Pastor, I'm writing to express my disappointment in the worship this past weekend. I brought an unsafe friend with me. You always tell us Christ the King is a safe place to bring people who are searching for something more. You promised we wouldn't talk in code or make new people feel stupid. My friend came and that's exactly what happened. We sang some song that made no sense, did not use normal language, and honestly was so foreign, my whole section shut down. I have a question. What the heck is an Ebenezer anyway? Please bring us back to true worship. (sighs) Can we agree that we're not going to be able to make everybody happy all of the time? Can we agree that maybe the answer is not getting caught up in our own preferences? Can we agree that maybe not it's, it's not about trying to get all the way over here on the right or all the way over here on the left? Could we agree that maybe God's will would be accomplished in this church if we, instead of deciding to try and go right or left, we just all went deeper together? Distractions, right? Distractions like, why do we need lights and screens? The truth is we don't. It's just a big room And we want you to be able to see people's faces if you can't get up close. And sometimes, honestly, lights are just kind of pretty in a really big black box that can be a little depressing at times if you walk in here and don't turn any lights on. Okay? What about distractions of 
personal preference. Like, you know, I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Pastor Francis Chan, who's like one of my favorite pastors in America, he had the best line ever. Someone walked up to him after church and said, Pastor Chan, I did not like worship today. Francis's response was, that's okay, we weren't worshiping you anyway. I'm keeping that one. I will use that, right? In fact, I, can I just give you the most mature response as a, as a believing veteran of the faith? If you ever walk in one weekend and we just don't quite do it for you, could you have the biblical maturity to walk out the door and say, Jesus, thank God that was for someone else today? They're distractions, just little distractions. And they can all take away from focusing on the meal that God has for us. So in this series, we've tried to strip away as much of the extra silverware and glassware that we can as we've tried to change the question. The wrong question to ask leaving today was, how was worship today? Because that puts you in the role of standard maker. That puts you in the center of the, of the equation, what I like, what I don't like, when it should be about what God likes, Right? The question is not, how was worship today? The question is, how was my worship today? Did God like my volume? Was God honored by my songs? Did I look beyond the lights to actually see the light of the world? Did I get in my own way because of my opinions and preferences? Or was all of the attention and focus on Jesus? During this series, we've done our best to just take it down to a basic place setting. That's what I've got sitting right here, okay? It's a basic place setting. If you ever do come over for dinner, this is what you're gonna get, maybe, all right? Seven basic pieces. A knife, a fork, a spoon, a napkin, a plate, a bowl, and a cup. You can have a really good meal with those seven basic tools that allow you to eat. And over the last six weeks, we have added six Hebrew words of praise that essentially sum up what God says he likes from his people when we worship him. I'm going to summarize them quickly. We're going to move through them and then we'll add number seven. All right. First word of praise was yada, which means to revere or worship with extended hands. I know that's a stretch for some of you. No pun intended. It's a stretch. Okay to hold out the hands, to throw a stone or an arrow. This is an act of reaching for God physically and spiritually and emotionally in an act of dependence. This is when we are not childish but childlike and we come to God knowing he's the only one who can satisfy our hunger for that kind of beautiful parenting. We reach for God in obedience and he reaches back. The Bible says in Psalm 67, let the people yada you. Let the people praise you. Let all of the people praise you. Week number two, we added zamar. It's like God added a soundtrack to our worship. Zamar means to make music, to celebrate in song or music, to touch the strings or the parts of a musical instrument. Why? Because there's something about music that opens our hearts. There's something about music that moves us in the direction of being more open to what it is that God has to say. And I am so unbelievably grateful for the musicians who skillfully pluck strings or play keys 
or sing for us because they take us in a direction of being able to encounter God. You need to know something about this. Most of the people who play up here are volunteers. They show up Saturday at two. They usually don't get out of here until Sunday at one. They give up the entire weekend skillfully playing instruments so that you can have an opportunity to take one step closer to God. Do you remember the words from that week from Johann Sebastian Bach? He said, I play the notes as written, but it's God who makes the music. The final and reason for all music is nothing more than the glorification of God and the refreshment of the human spirit. The Bible says, I will sing a new song to you, O God, on a harp of ten strings. I will make zamar music to you. Week number three, we added the word halal which is to boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. There's no such thing as a quiet halal, okay? They don't go together. This is the loud praise that brags about God no matter what people around you might think. This was the one that we, a lot of us struggled with this because it pressed back against our natural inhibition. Because the truth is this, is people, we do care about what other people think. God asked the question, do you care more about what they think or what I think? And we had the picture of King David welcoming back the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem, dancing in his underwear and answering one of his critics who said, you better settle down, David. And David said, settle down? I'll become even more undignified than this if it means praising God. I don't care if you think I look foolish. I don't answer to you. This is the praise that becomes a little nuts, a little undignified. Psalm 149, verse 3, let them halal his name, praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. Then the next week, we talked about barach, which is to kneel in quiet reverence. To bless God is an act of adoration, to salute, to thank. This is the quiet praise that humbly brings us to our knees in the presence of God. This is the posture that takes us really, really low uh, in, in a physical form, but our eyes are kept up looking towards the cross, looking towards Jesus. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless, barach the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then two weeks ago, Pastor Brian Barron's did a masterful job of opening up this beautiful Hebrew word, todah, which is an extension of the hand. Thanksgiving, a confession, a sacrifice of praise. Thanksgiving for things not yet received, a choir of worshipers. Every single week, we don't have a band and participants. We have a band and a choir who join their voices together in worship of the Most High God. Todah is the praise that extends a hand of gratitude. It just says, thank you, God. This is the praise that looks back on the faithfulness of God and anticipates the faithfulness of God in the future because I don't know about you. God sustained me yesterday and I needed it. God is sustaining me today and I need it. And God will sustain me tomorrow and I'm counting on it. His track record is impeccable. Psalm 56, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can God do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render toda praises to you. And then last week, we added 
Tehillah. Not Tehillah. Okay? Not Tehillah. That's just wrong. All right? Which is a laudation. Think of the word applaud. Laudation. It's a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, a spontaneous song. And I pressed some of you, especially the veterans, and I asked the question, I love the fact that you love the old songs. When was the last time you were biblical and obeyed God's command to sing something new? This is the praise that just bubbles out of you. These are the heart songs, the new songs, the foundational songs, because we also learn something. What may be old to you is brand new to somebody else. And that's why the Bible says we're supposed to actually sing these and speak these to each other for the encouragement of the entire body. These are the soul songs that are just solely focused on applauding the greatness of God. You experience this just a little bit. I heard you backstage. How great is our God. I mean, the volume just kind of went up and the whole room just shifted. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, Psalm 22 says. You are the one that Israel praises Tahilah. So you've got six pieces that you can work with. And now we're going to add number seven. We're going to put one more piece on here because I don't want you to ever go home dehydrated, okay? Let me set a stage before we actually get to word number seven. I'd like to share just a story from last week because this, this stuff that we're talking about here doesn't just live in theory, it lives in real life. So as I was studying word number seven, which is not a secret, but the word is shabak, which means to shout. I was researching, studying, looking at the whole context of scripture to figure out where this word would show up and it shows up outside of Jericho where the people of Israel shout at the top of the lungs, their lungs and, and the walls come down. It, it shows up in moments of grief and agony. It, it, it's a pretty thick word. And, and every time that I kept thinking about this word shabak to shout, I kept thinking of a story that I heard from a friend of mine some of you will remember uh, Pastor Sam Middlebrook. He was our worship pastor here, big Texan. I talk about him fairly often around here. Sam and I have stayed very close over the years, and uh, he, he now pastors in Yakima. And, but when he was a worship pastor here years ago, Sam had an opportunity to go away for a couple of days. He actually went to an underground worship conference. The reason that it was underground, it was private by invitation only, it was actually secret, was because many of the worship leaders who were coming from around the world came from places where you could be imprisoned or killed for doing what we just spent the first part of our service doing. Think about that. In many parts of the world, you could be imprisoned or killed for doing what we did in the first part of our service today. So people had traveled from around the world and they wanted to keep it very, very quiet. They wanted to keep it secret in order to protect them. Well, Sam went away to the conference. He came back and I could tell he was visibly shaken. He, he was somewhat upset. And it took him a couple of days to unpack emotionally what had happened to him. And, and so finally I just said like, bro, like just talk to me. Just talk to me. So we sat down and he said, Grant, at the, one of the very first meetings... He said, a pastor from the underground church in China walked out and just kind of scanned the crowd and then picked up a microphone and started screaming the name of Jesus at the top of his lungs. He goes, he didn't just yell it, he screamed it. 
until he was hoarse. And the room was really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Because he wasn't just like saying the name of Jesus, like Jesus. No, it was just like, Jesus! Over and over and over again. Some of you just woke up, welcome to church. Okay, so and he's just, and, he, and he's screaming and screaming and screaming. And people are like, what in the world is going on? And then the Chinese pastor said, I have never in my lifetime been able to say the name of my Savior out loud. Because we can only whisper his name in our churches. We whisper our songs. We whisper the scriptures. So that would make me uncomfortable. And Sam said, yeah, it was a pretty tough moment. He goes, it got even worse though because he said this Chinese pastor looked out over top of this room of predominantly American church worship leaders and said this, never have so many with so much done so little. And Samson, we, we, we were kind of offended. Like, what right do you have to say that to us? Never have so many with so much done so little. Sam says, I was a little offended until he lifted up his shirt and showed us that all across his front and all across his back, he was painted with whip marks where he had been beaten mercilessly for singing the name of Jesus. Sam said his words cut deep when he said the most authentic act of worship I've ever witnessed is hearing a fellow believer scream the name of Jesus as he was being beaten and whipped for the sake of that very name. My brothers and sisters, that's a sacrifice of praise. So Sam finished up his story and I said, thanks. He pretty much wrote the message this week. Appreciate it. That was Tuesday night. And as he often does, when I woke up Wednesday morning, there was a song waiting for me in my inbox. Sam talks music. <laughs> and he'll often send me just a favorite song that he's listening to. And the song came with some instructions. He said, find some really good headphones or, 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 or find a place with some really, really good speakers and, and turn this YouTube on and just turn it up really, really loud and just let it wash over you. And I did. And I had my own private worship moment and it wrecked me. Let me tell you why it wrecked me. Wednesday morning actually started off pretty good for me. I woke up that morning and I realized by looking at the calendar, it was just like, wow. It was our anniversary. I, you have put up with me for 20 years as of last week here at this church. And I was grateful, thankful for a church family that's been so patient and so loving and so kind over two decades. Just so you know, in the church world, that doesn't happen anymore. Bob Marvel and I are the only dinosaurs that I know that are still out there doing this after all these years. So Wednesday started off pretty good. And then I read a news headline and I realized that we were, uh, it was 9-11 on Wednesday. Laurel and I were just in New York City just a couple of weeks ago and I'm a chaplain with the sheriff's department and I wanted to go to the 9-11 memorial and pay my respects to the people who lost their lives 
in that attack, and I was struck by the number of first responders' pictures who were up on the walls, the brave men and women who didn't run away from the danger, they ran to it. And that made me very reflective about freedom and hope and joy. And right before I started playing Sam's song, I got word of a fellow pastor, a young man by the name of Jared Wilson. Jared's been pastoring in Southern California. He and I ran into each other at a conference several years ago where we were both sharing our stories of depression. Jared did a funeral for one of his parishioners on Monday who had taken her own life because of her battle with depression. And Jared went home and overwhelmed, took his own life. And that broke my heart. So it's Wednesday and I'm already pretty raw and vulnerable and it's not even nine o'clock in the morning. And my buddy Sam sends me a song. And I turn it loud and I would love to be able to play it for you, but I can't because that would be illegal. Um, Copyright laws. It's not good to break the law in church, just so you know. And uh, so the lyrics are going to have to suffice. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sons. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many. His mercy's more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. What patience would wait as we constantly roam. What father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. If you were anywhere near Wiser Lake on Wednesday morning and you heard somebody yelling something, I'm well, kind of sorry, but not really sorry, but I'm sorry I may have freaked you out just a little. Because <laughs> there's a little pull-off point by Wiser Lake. And I pulled my car over because it's hard to drive and cry at exactly the same time. And I knelt by my passenger side door. And all I could get out of me while I barocked and yadawed and todad all at the same time, all that came out of me was, thank you. Thank you for a church that's walked with me for 20 years. Thank you for people who sacrifice and give and often go unnoticed. And God, even though I don't get this and I'm really frustrated and angry, thank you that you're the only answer in the face of suicide. 
And just for the record, I didn't whisper Shabbat. I yelled it. Scared the ducks and the fishermen. Thank you. Thank you. Psalm 155 verse 4 encapsulates Shabbat to address in a loud tone to shout to commend glory and triumph. One generation shall Shabbat your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We're supposed to talk generationally back and forward to each other without distractions because I'm going to tell you something. Gone are the days when you can go out and shout Jesus at a culture. You can shout Jesus at a culture all you want to. I'm going to promise you, they're probably not going to listen. What you need to do is walk out into culture and shout Jesus. That's what changes. Because they look at you and say, what is your problem? Why are your hands in the air? Why are your knees on the ground? For one reason, because he's worthy. And there's no other answer. There's no other answer. If you had just one thing to shout to God, about God, what would come out of you? What would come out of you? If you had one shot, what would come out of you? Would it be about you? Would it be about him? I mean, I know that it's in you, right? Because there are some people who are just like, Grant, you know, trying to lead us in this charismatic direction. Now I'm trying to lead you. The only direction we're going is in the direction of the cross. But some people are just like, Grant, you know, you know settle it down now. Settle it down. Like, don't ask us to do something. I know it's in you. You are the people... The people of the Pacific Northwest that set off the seismic earthquake sensors underneath of Quest Field when number 24 would not stop running and made it all the way to the end zone. You didn't have any problem. Wow! In that moment. I know it's in you. I've heard you. If you had one shot to shout something to God, what would you say? That's the question. I'll wrap up with this. The heart and the truth of the matter is this. Authentic worship supersedes me. It supersedes you. It's not about what you like or don't like. It's about what God says he likes. If Jesus is not at the center of everything, we've missed it. We've missed it. So seven weeks to sum up to this moment, it's all about Jesus. I'll say it again. It's all about Jesus. I'll say it again. It's all about Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for a moment to come and quietly reflect on who you are. And God, may our quiet reflection turn into a loud laudation of who you are. So God, we've got one more opportunity this morning in the next four and a half minutes (laughs) to shout to God, Barak to God, Yada to God, Halal to God. (laughs) God, we have an opportunity to use one of these seven beautiful pieces that you said you really, really liked when your kids would risk authentic worship. So God, may we be obedient to you in these moments. As we start quiet and then begin to build towards a declaration that I know a breakthrough is coming, God, would you please 
inhabit the praises of your people. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face -face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.